we're going to talk about Jesus that's come to change our belief and how he's come to actually remove the beam that is in our eye and he has come to help us to see clearly. Now, what I'm going to talk about is basically a practical thing that we can apply in our lives as well, you know, as Christians and where we can help one another and encourage one another in the good news of Jesus by just understanding what Jesus meant when he spoke about this whole thing about the beam in the eye and the speck in, in someone else's eye. And so many times we felt condemned when we, um, when we read that because we felt that we had to have a perfect life and have nothing wrong in our lives before we can actually help one another. The context here is not judgmental, wherein you judge one another and is angry with one another. The context here is actually making disciples and helping people to understand the gospel of grace. And I want to say to you, you don't have to have everything right in your life. You don't have to have everything going for you and... Um, you know, live a 100% sinless life where you never have one wrong thought before you can encourage other people and help other people in the gospel and help them to have a correct belief about the goodness of God. You know, the other day I was speaking to people about Jesus um, just at a, at a barbecue and uh, the one person said, said that Jesus basically took away his daughter to get him closer to him. You know, and when he said that, the first thing that can come to my mind is, uh, I mean, uh, and this is what normally happens is, how can you correct that person if you don't believe everything perfectly and if you don't live perfectly and if you don't have any mistakes and if you don't, you know what? I just, I, I mean, he said it and I felt, man, I don't agree with that. And he went on to speak about it. And then I felt and I said, no way, Lord, this cannot be. I cannot, I simply cannot accept that. I'm going to help him. And I'm going to just share the truth with him. And I did. It was a bit of an awkward moment in, because there were many people there uh, correcting this guy, you know, and just sharing with him on who God is and how and what the true gospel is. But, you know, one can come at a place where you don't have to see yourself as perfect in every area of your life and doing everything perfect before you can help others. You know, you can help others by simply having the correct belief. That is all that it is about. If you have the correct belief uh, about Jesus, the simple gospel of grace, you don't have to go and look if you do everything right before you can help someone else. And I'm going to point that out to you. Many times we disqualify ourselves in such a great way that we feel, who am I to go and speak to someone else? Who am I in a situation where you actually see that here is an opportunity to help somebody? You say, who am I to then to, to go and do that. So I'm going to read, it's quite a long passage, from uh, Luke chapter 6 and verse 39. Let's read. He says, And he spoke a parable unto them, Can the blind lead the blind? Shall they not both fall into the ditch? The disciple is not above his master, but everyone is that is perfect shall be as his master. And why behold you the speck of sawdust that is in your brother's eye, but perceive not the beam that is in your own eye. Either how can you say to your brother, let me pull out the speck of sawdust from your eye, when you yourself behold not the beam that's in your own eye? You hypocrite, 
cast first out the beam that is in your own eye, and then you shall see clearly to pull out the speck of sawdust that is in your brother's eye. For a good tree brings forth, um, for a good, for a good tree brings not forth corrupt fruit. Neither does a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. For every tree is known by its own fruit. For the thorn, for of thorns men do not gather figs, nor of bramble bush gather they grapes. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth that which is good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth that which is evil. For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. Now, when we look at this passage, it actually starts and um, in verse 38, and it says there uh, that the measure with which you judge, you shall be judged. And then it says, don't judge. Don't judge one another, because if you judge one another, the same judgment you judge with is what will be judged unto you. And we've seen that passage as God will judge us if we judge people. And that is not what it says. The true context there is a beam in the eye of somebody who was judging others and was talking about the Jews and the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the teachers of the law who had the law by which they judged people and then taught them, you know, and said to them, you know, uh, you're not doing this right, this is what you need to do. And they were teaching one another from the law, showing them where to live right. And they would, they would be very particular on one another, you know, and they would say, you know, you didn't keep the Sabbath correctly. You didn't do that correctly. You didn't do that correctly. And they were trying to bring forth life in one another. And that was the judgment that was spoken of there. Um, but the problem is they were judging one another inside a system, a judgment system, which was distributing death to the hearer and to the one who was teaching it. That is what it was talking about. And he said, take out the beam that is in your own eye, if you can have the wrong belief taken out of your own eye, in other words, this is what it talks about, remember, it talks about the belief, talks about something in your eye, talks about the way you look at things, the doctrine by which you look at things. Remember the scripture that Jesus said, let your eye be single, that word single means braided, talking about three strands that's braided together, talking about our union with the Father and the Holy Spirit and Jesus and how we braided into the life of God. So it says, let your eye be single, because if your eye is evil, your whole body will be full of darkness, and evil there means full of works. So what he is saying here in Luke is just the same thing. He's saying to people, how can you that are full of works righteousness go and correct another man's way of looking at things, you know, and want to correct his doctrine, but you are having something in your life that is killing you? And the context here is that a good tree brings forth good fruit. In other words, a man who's got a good doctrine, a good belief, will see that those whom he teaches, their lives shall be good they will have the very life that he experiences. You know, uh, a servant is never higher than his master, and we need to understand that, and we need to know that. And you can only be as your master. And if the master goes and leads you into death, as verse 39 says to you, can the blind lead the blind? Will both of them not fall into the ditch? The disciple is not above his master, but everyone that is perfect shall be as his master. Will just be as the master. So what he's saying here is if the master's belief system is not right 
And if the light that is in him is darkness, it doesn't matter how much he corrects, even if the other person's view is perfectly clear and perfectly believes what he believes and he's removed every speck from him, that person is still blind. The blind leads the blind. And that is what Jesus is talking about here. And he goes on and he clearly states that a law-based man, that of the law-based theology that he has, will only bring forth that which corrupts. That is the way it is. It doesn't matter how pure the motive is. I remember when I started out and preaching the gospel, I was very pure in my motive. I was really pure in what I've done. But it doesn't matter how pure the motive is, if what you believe is not life, you are a hypocrite. You know, you see one thing and you're doing another thing and you're actually part of a system that is destroying your own life. Now with that in mind, we're going to look at another passage in Luke chapter 12, which is amazing. And this is going to help you because I'm going to explain to you how Jesus applied that system and how Jesus removed uh, the speck from a brother's eye. And we're going to look at that, how Jesus had no beam in his own eye, how he could clearly see, and how he could help somebody that had a speck in his eye and remove the speck from that person's eye so that that person could see clearly, experience the love of God, be redeemed from fear and anxiety, uh, have faith in the Lord, and how that person could be encouraged by the love of God. Now, I want to say this to you guys in Web Church here because you get opportunities to meet with people on the web and also wherever you go. And when you look at these people, you can, there can be different things in your life that, you, you, like I said, you can be afraid that, can I share with this person? You know, this person is maybe very rich or that person is, um, you know, from a different culture or um, I'm a white man, that's a black man, or I'm a black man, that's a white man. I, I, I don't know, you know, can I share or whatever? I want to tell you. As you've believed in the gospel of grace, the beam is out of your eye. And you can see clearly now. And you can actually remove the speck from someone else's eye. Sometimes, you know, when we see a wrong belief in somebody else, or, you know, if you look at the beam, it talks about a wrong belief, and a speck might be just a little bit of a wrong belief in the way someone else sees something. You know, when you've got a speck in your eye, so, or somebody, whoever has got a speck in your eye, you know, that's painful. The other day I took the leaf blower and I, I was out here and I was just blowing all the leaves and everything and I didn't do it with the safety glasses and uh, I got a, some sand into my eye. I mean, it's just a little bit of sand, but man, it is painful. It is painful. I can promise you that. And it was burning like I couldn't do anything else. It was almost like, and I want to finish this, but I cannot walk. I first need to sort this thing out, you know. And uh, then I had it all sorted out. So um, I just want to say something to you, Leonardo. That is not the, the bitrate that's going on there. That is the, the CPU. That's what it is. So just that is okay, unless it shows bitrate. I'm sorry about that. It, it seems as if you guys are losing signal here. Um, so I just want to help her with that, what, what that, because it's a warning coming up all the time. Sorry about that. Um, <clears throat> so what, is, uh, what I wanted to say is, you know, I had the speck in my eye, and when I had the speck in my eye, I, I just couldn't continue. And when you see somebody with a speck in his eye with a wrong belief, it is, um, it is painful for that person. 
And it might also be painful for him to have somebody take it out. I remember one time I was grinding with a grinder and um, I did have a safety glass on, but still I had, um, a, 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 you know, that hot metal come off and burn onto my eye. And man, it was painful. And I, I couldn't get it out. And um, I had to go to the doctor and they had to take a needle and put it into my eye and take that thing out. Now, I was scared to have that speck removed. Um, and I'm sure the doctor, when he works in someone else's eye, he might also think, you know, I'm working with this, with this guy's eye. And it's painful for him. It might be a tense situation. But still, that guy will be much better off if you can come and just help his correct that belief, you know, by just bringing forth the word the way Jesus brought it forth. Now we're going to look at that in Luke. So, number one, if you are in the gospel of grace and you know the love of God, you are already equipped to really help someone else. We are not there to, to, to judge people with a law system and say, you're doing this wrong, you're doing that wrong. But we are there to come and see that when people look at something, that the way they look at it, that is from the perspective that it can bring them life and not destroy their lives. That is it, because we are loving people. It's like a doctor. If he's been trained up to do medical work, if he gets to, on a place where, to an accident scene or whatever, he's qualified to help there. He can help there. You know, so and he can go, and although there's pain and hurt, He's got the qualification, he's got the know-how, and he can get busy with because he can see clearly, he's got an understanding. So I want you to know, not to, um, to, to think nothing of yourselves. Know that as you have this gospel of grace, you can actually help people. And if your heart is, I, I'm not here to offend, I'm here to help and here to love, you go and you share that gospel. If people take it, they take it. If they don't, they don't. But you can, and, 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 and you can be a helping hand to people. Right, so let us go, and we're going to read uh, from Luke chapter 12 and verse 13. Luke 12 and verse 13, it says, And one of the company said unto him, Master, speak to my brother, that he divide the inheritance with me. It says, One man said of Jesus, Speak to my brother, that he divide the inheritance with me. And he said unto him, Man, who made me a judge or a divider over you? Man, who made me a judge or a divider over you? And he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetous, covetousness, for a man's life consists not in the abundance of the things which he possesses. Right. There comes a guy, in this case, he was one of the company, it could be one of the disciples, who knows. So one, one in the company there, and he said to Jesus, Jesus, can you tell my brother to share the inheritance with me? And Jesus, because he doesn't have a beam in his own eye, he doesn't have the law system in his own eye, he's not living from the perspective of, I am what I do, could clearly see that this person has got a belief that will not bring him life. He could clearly see that th this person has got a belief that will, uh, will destroy him and that will not preserve his life. For this guy is thinking that, his life consists in and that he will have a future if his brother shares the inheritance with him. Now, this guy comes with a prayer request. We can call this a prayer. And he comes to Jesus and says, Jesus, just tell my brother to just not be stingy and let him 
share with me and I find a fault with my brother and I can see in my brother's eye and I can see that he's wrong because he should share. Because how am I going to have a future if that person doesn't change and that person doesn't share? I cannot have a future. And Jesus comes and he says here, and, and what Jesus is doing, he's coming and he's removing the speck from this guy's eye so this guy can see clearly. That is what he's doing. He says, man who made me a judge or a divider over you. Man who made me a judge or a divider over you. Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consists not in the abundance of the things which he possesses. Now, uh, the word man there, I want to just show you that in the Greek, what it means. The word man means, if you can bring it on there, it says, a human being, whether male or female, generically, to include all human individuals, to distinguish man from, being, from, a, from beings of a different order. So what he was actually saying there, he was saying mankind, who made me a judge over you or a divider over you? You know, so many times in our prayers, we've got the prayer and we say, Lord, if you can just change that person, my life will be better. Lord, if that person can just understand the gospel. Lord, if they can just allow me to preach there or preach there. You know, if they can just open up for me, if, then, I, then I can have a better life. And I, No, that is, that's wrong. It doesn't work that, like that. If that person can just change, if that person can just accept me, if that person can, then you can have a brand new life. And this is exactly what this guy did. What this guy did is he went about and he said to Jesus, Jesus, this is my prayer request and I know how to have a peaceful life. If my brother shares the inheritance with me, then I will have a much better life. And Jesus actually comes and said to him, I have, not be, I have not come to the earth to judge over you guys, and neither am I a divider. I'm not here to say, divide these things. I'm not there to tell him to divide his things with you. Let him do whatever he wants to do. But what I can have is, I can have something for you that even if he never shares anything with you, and if he never changes, that you can have peace and joy. That is what I've got for you. For I identify that you've got a wrong belief here. You think that your life consists out of the abundance of your possessions. In other words, you think the old Jewish way. The old Jewish way was in Deuteronomy 28 that if you have all your possessions and you are rich and you are blessed in the field and blessed here and blessed there and all those kind of things, that is a sign that you will be part of the messianic reign and your life will be preserved. And he said, I see you've got a wrong belief here. And let me correct that belief. And he went, he went on, he told a parable. He said there was a very rich guy and he had a lot of stuff. And he even made more money. And he said, what shall I do with all my things? And he says, well, I'll break down my bonds, build bigger bonds, and then store all my stuff. And then I will say to my soul, well, you've done well, now you can rest. It's exactly what he said to this guy. He said to this guy, you think that if you are secure financially, then you can have rest for your soul and you've got safety. And Jesus said to him, that is not true. And he said, he said what a, and this rich man, that very night, you know, his soul can be taken from him and who will then have all these things? So what he was saying to him is, all these possessions cannot preserve your life. And if you want to take it in a simple way and we say the kingdom of God is in righteousness, peace and joy, we can say it this way. 
all these possessions and all these achievements and all the things we think need a change in this life so that we can have our lives preserved. You know, it, it is simply not true. Even if you have everything you think you need to have, that is not going to bring forth the life that, that you, it will not preserve your life. It will simply not preserve your life. There's only one thing that can actually preserve your life. And Jesus went on and he told them what that, what that is. He said, take no thought of your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, or what you will wear. For the Gentiles take thought of those things and look at those who are fatherless, who's got a father, don't care for them. You know, those who think that those who we see as not part of the kingdom of God, they worry about those things. Why? Because they live as if there's a God that cannot care for them. But your heavenly Father knows what, that you have need of all these things. And then he goes on and he encourages man in the true belief and he is removing the speck from his eye and he's telling him, look at the birds of the field. Just look at how he removes the speck. The first time he looked at his brother and he looked at everything his brother had and what he didn't have. And Jesus comes and said to him, don't look at the system where you, where you are justified by how much money you have and where your life is secured in your money. He says, don't look at that. Let me tell you, let's look at the birds. They, ni they neither sow nor reap, neither even have a bond to gather in. According to the system, they completely disqualified and yet your heavenly Father feeds them you are worth more than they. And what does Jesus come to do? He comes and he removes that speck of law that is in that man's way of looking at things and he tells him how valuable he is. He tells him how loved he is and he tells him how his life will be preserved by God. Because Jesus says, Jesus even said there to him and he, and, and he comforted him in every area. He said, life is more than meat Life is more than clothing. Now I want to add in, life is more than what you weigh. Your weight. <laughs> Your weight. The amount of money. Let me tell you something else. And I've just put it on Facebook and some people might switch it off here. But, you know, I don't want to say I don't care. I'm here to help and correct the belief. Life, life is more than who's your president. Life is more than who is your president. What? Does it help? You've got the perfect president and you lose your life. <laughs> your life is gone. What that means is you don't have eternal life. You don't have the joy that comes from God. You don't have the peace that comes from God. You don't have the smile where you look at all people from all political parties and you love them with the love of God. You respect them with the joy of the Lord inside you. Where you say and where you see they are valuable with, with the value of God. Where you feel a warm embrace in the depth of your being. You know, that is what it's all about. It is about that warmth. It's about that feeling love. And if we just use the American thing, I mean, I can use the South African thing as well. But let's, let's use the American. Most of my web church people are, um, well, second Moses in Africa, Moses in the United States. But if we just look at that, I mean, if you look at a Democrat, can you truly say without um, lying to yourself, 
in the presence of all your friends that has heard what you've said about these people, that you love them with all your heart. And if you speak about the Republicans and you go and speak to your friends and you tell them, I want to tell you, I love these people with the love of the Lord. They are such beautiful, wonderful people. Maybe I differ from the political, but I just feel the passion, love of God for them. I want to tell you this, what is the help? You've got the perfect president, but you're losing your soul. You need a correct belief. You've got a wrong way of looking at things. A man's life does not consist in how it goes in his country. A man's life does not consist in how it goes in his country. Because if, that is, if the belief is that if everything goes well in the country, then we can have quality of life, then the people in China, the believers in Jesus that are in China in the underground church cannot have life. And you know, if we start with that, we must say we must have financial prosperity, we must have this, we must have that, we must have all these kind of things. I must have the right clothes, I must weigh the right weight, I must just look right, I must eat the right food. Where is it going to stop? It's gonna, you're going to lose your life. That's where it's going to end. You're going to lose your joy, you're going to lose your peace. And I already see that in the lives of people that's got a wrong belief about politics. And you know, some people say, Barry, I say you should not be in, involved in politics. Man, be involved in politics. I believe Christians can be politicians. Glory to God. Be involved. Go and vote. Stand for what you need to stand for. But make sure that it's not from the belief that if everything goes right, and if we have the correct president, and if we have this, then we can have peace and joy and whatever. I want to tell you, you can have peace in jail with this gospel. This gospel supersedes the things of this world. It is something that is much greater. Yes, let us be involved in whatever we need to be involved in. Glory to God, and I can say that a million times. On the other side, I want to say this. Let, it, let us not do it from the perspective of the belief that if that president becomes president, some will say, if Trump just dies, <laughs> then we can have life in America again. Let me tell you, brother, you need to have your belief, that speck. Maybe you're already believing in grace. You're already believing in the good news of Jesus, but you've got a speck. Others say, now that Trump is the, is the president, now we can have... Brother, you need that speck removed. Now, I want to tell you, a man's life does not consist out of who is the president, but I want to tell you that life is more than politics. Life is more than country things. I want to tell you, there is a beauty inside you, and God preserves you. And God has preserved people and Christians for many years under so many different regimes and they've been full of love. I tell you, the greatest spread of the gospel, I'm not for communism or anything like that, but I want to tell you, in countries where Christians are oppressed, we've seen the greatest spread, spreading of the gospel and Christians walking in true peace in their hearts, worshipping God, having joy and peace. Because we've got a God that is greater than these things and the only thing that can truly bring forth life in our lives, and or let me put it this way, the only thing in this world that can manifest what Christ has brought for us is when our souls and our bodies are preserved unto eternal life by the resurrection and the sec second coming of Jesus Christ.
And now, yes, we can have peace. Yes, we can have joy. Yes, we can have even countries governed by the, by the good news of Jesus. And we can see the life of God manifest in those countries and all those kind of things. Glory to God. As what I can say that Jesus said here, he said, listen, man, the birds are cared for and your heavenly father will give you all this stuff. But don't let your life be found in that. Neither let your joy be found in that. Because then you're going to be happy when you've got this president, sad when, you go, when you've got that president, and then you will all the time be, what is the next thing they've said on the news? Oh, that can be frustrating. <laughs> frustrating. It will, it will mess up your life. It will mess up your life. Imagine I must go in South Africa and we've got some politicians here and you look at the things they say and I must have my joy based on what they say. Oh my goodness. Some of them are not even educated. And I must have my joy. And you know what he said again? And you know what he said again? Listen, there's a speck in the eye. You're not seeing clearly. You know, that, that is the thing. And that is hurting. And that brings pain and anxiety and it causes turmoil and it causes what's going to... And, and you will always have that, that, that Christianity that is joy the one day and the next day is down. Joy the one day and the next day is down. No, we, we believe in a gracious, loving God. And His grace is His empowerment unto a brand new life. And He brings that forth. I want to use another example. I want to just use something that's very common. Um, you know, like, um, it's, it, I, I can use it this way. Um, I can say, and somebody came to Jesus and said to Jesus, if I can just lose 30 pounds, or tell my body that it must lose 30 pounds, and then I'll feel better. Or tell my body that I must pick up 20 pounds, doesn't matter what you see, you know, it doesn't, it's both sides of the scale. And Jesus will tell you straight out, your life does not consist out of what you weigh. And he will say, is life not more? <laughs> he can say something like this, look at the hippopotamus and see how happy he is. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> you know, that is... That is the way you can have a happy life, still happy life, and God cares for him. So I wanna, and then he will say to you, listen, don't focus on that. Focus on the kingdom of God and how your soul, your life can be preserved and how you can have immortality and whatever you need in the physical shall just be added unto you free of your efforts. Let, let us not have a, a belief that we, that we have our, that is found from how much we weigh. Is life not more than how much we weigh? Or if we've got wrinkles? Or if we've got gray hair? You know, the other day I saw somebody and I haven't seen them for like 15 or 20 years. <laughs> and this woman saw me and I, I saw her walk past and I walked um, after her and I tapped on her shoulder and I said, Hey, you know, and she looked around and she says, this is the first word she said of the 12 years. First time she sees me, she says, Gosh, you got a hold. <laughs> Thank God, you know, that life does not consist on how you look at a certain age. Because if life consists out of that, you know what will happen? You're going to lose your life. You're going to lose peace. You're going to lose joy. 
you're going to lose that laughter, that smile, that spark, you know, that, 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 that's in your eye. Because it's always going to be on how much I weigh, what did I eat, uh, am I... And I mean, the whole thing is we need to look 35 at 45 or whatever. Man, who cares if you look 55 at 35? You know, life is not, all of us, if Jesus is not coming, we're going to die. Th that is the way it is. So why do we want to define our life in corruption? And Jesus Christ has come and he's taken away the belief wherein we find our identity in the thing, in these things, and we find our identity now in a man seated at the right hand of the Father, glorified, which is our hope, and where we are going in our bodies. That's where He's taking us. He's preserving our lives. He will, your soul will not enter eternal death. Your life will not enter uh, a death, but He will raise you from the dead should you die, or He will change your body in the twinkling of an eye. Your life will be preserved eternally. What does it help? You weigh the perfect weight, but you lose your soul. What does that help? I'm not even saying you're going to hell. What does it help? You're losing any quality of life over things that you don't even have to... Do you see, do you think that... Uh, let, let me put it this way. Your finances will be completely sorted out by God Himself personally, as you simply are convinced of His kingdom. And what is His kingdom? His kingdom is the kingdom of life, the kingdom of light, where He's come to reveal Christ, and He has brought life and immortality to light. And as we behold that as the only truth about our lives, all other things fall in place by the goodness and the kindness of God. And we've got a peace and a joy that is greater than the things of this world. Amen. Glory to God. Let me see if there's something else I want to say here. Basically, you feel that I've said what I want to say. Um, the Bible says, and let me just end up with this, it says the man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. So as you have a good treasure, and I want to say to you, you guys that has followed this ministry, that has studied the gospel of grace, you've got a good treasure in your heart. You've got a good treasure in your heart. And that good treasure in your heart is, flows out of your mouth. And you will see the effect it has on people. And you can go around and in a loving way show people and help people in a correct belief. You know, like I can come to somebody and say to them, listen man, your life does not consist out of how much you weigh. Or your life does not consist out of politics your life consists out of the resurrected Jesus and how He establishes His kingdom and how we will come and He will end all evil. He will do it. And how we will bring life and immortality to light inside you and that you are valuable and precious. And He never wants to, uh, um, he, never, he, he, he wants to have you with Him forever. He wants to, He sees you as beautiful and attractive and all those kind of things. And He has always seen that. And He has prepared a body for you that is immortal, undying. Because that is the only body that can house who you really are and reflect who you really are. And He, he shall raise you and glorify you and He is bringing forth the inner peace for you are valuable to Him. I mean, saying that and bring forth a change in belief. And that is what Christ has come to do for us. 
So I want, I want to say to you, church, and I'm not saying go around and condemn every person for whatever wrong belief they have. Let's look at the strategy of Jesus here. What did he do? He saw there was a guy that had his belief in how much money he has, and his peace was in that, and he came with a prayer request, Jesus, tell him to give this. Like we would have, Jesus, just let that man or that woman become president. You know, in South Africa, if that, if, if, if that party, certain party can just be now leading the country, oh, Jesus, just let that party lead. You know, then Jesus comes and he looks at that and he says, listen, let me tell you something. Life does not consist out of that. Now that's the change of belief. That is now removing the speck. And now, as the speck is removed, he's bringing the clearer view. He says, God has always cared for you. God has always loved you. God has always been there for you. God has always embraced you. Look at the birds and he will give examples and we can give examples to people and say, you know, on a, like I, I corrected that, that, that brother, you know, that I spoke on early in the service. And I said to him, listen, man, how can we say that God will kill your child to get you closer? I don't agree with that. And this is why, because God is a loving father that cares for us and it's difficult for our hearts to believe in somebody that will destroy his own child. I, and I used the example, I said, will you allow me to babysit your children if I kill or if I bring hard times over my son, if I uh, put boiling water over his hand that he cannot drive the car so that I can drive the car so that we can spend quality time together. And I would share things like that. And you know, he said, after a while he said, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. I don't know if, if he changed, but it was in a loving, caring way I could come and bring forth a truth there because the Lord has taken the beam out of my eye when it comes to the basic gospel. He's taken the law system out of my eye and he's taken the law system out of thousands of you that watch this and has followed grace through different preachers for many years. He's watched, you know, he's removed the beam and what a beautiful thing to have a speck removed from someone else's eye and see life come to them and see that thing not blurring their vision, causing them pain and causing them hurt. So many times we would say, you know, I, 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 I remember, and, and Paul, Paul had the very same thing. He had a thorn in the flesh, or we can call it basically a speck in the eye. And he said, Lord, if you can just remove this law preachers that's messing up wherever I preach, then we can really have church. That's what he was saying. And you know what God said to him? God came and removed the speck from Paul's eye. And he said, Paul, you are looking at how successful your churches are. And you, you think that your life consists of how many people continue to believe the gospel of grace after you've preached. Let me remove that for, from you. My grace to give you eternal life is enough. And I just focus on that and your life will be preserved in my grace for you. Hallelujah. Isn't that beautiful? Doesn't that bring absolute peace? That brings absolute peace and makes us untouchable by the world. Glory to God. I trust this message has blessed you. If you've got any questions, please send it to, um, to the email address on our website. And I would gladly answer that. Uh, you are loved. I would like to pray for everybody that's watching. Father, I want to thank you for your love and your grace. And I want to thank you that we can go out boldly in the love of God. And we can go, since we can just, with great gratitude, 
thank you that you have come and removed the beam from our eye where we were stuck we could not see because of the law and Lord we even see how you after that beam was removed you can come and you even remove a speck from our eyes by correcting our belief and pointing us to Jesus but thank you Lord that as we can see clearly now because of your message of grace that's the clear sight of what you want to do with us that we can go out in a loving way and minister your gospel of grace and your love to people all over the world thank you for that Lord and we know that correction sometimes is not pleasurable but it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness for those who receive it and thank you that we can go out and that everybody in this web fellowship and people that hear this even in the future that they can go out and they can look at people and they can identify beliefs and that we will not foolishly pray for things that cannot satisfy people's lives but that we can come and we can point them to the only life which is Christ and his finished work the message of our innocence where our life and our protection and our lives are preserved by your doing in the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ and father I also want to come and I just feel specifically I want to pray for countries as I've put some stuff up on Facebook and it's obviously in my heart I want to pray for some countries and I want to pray for America I want to pray for Europe I want to pray for this whole thing with the immigrants and all those kind of things I thank you father that everybody that is going through difficult times whatever it is be it the people that feel that the immigrants are um, violating their rights and stealing their stuff and raping their people I thank you father that you just bring healing to them and that you bring uh, 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 healing to their hearts hope in you to them in Jesus mighty name and thank you Lord that we know that those things are sorted out but we don't pray it from that is our peace we just thank you that that is in your hands and we focus on the good news and I want to pray for the people the migrants I want to pray for the people that are going and, and fleeing from uh, uh, Muslim countries that are afraid I also want to pray for those that are fleeing the countries that are going to to, to, to to radicalize some other people in those countries to plant bombs and all those things I want to pray for them I thank you father that you speak to them and you touch their hearts and that this truth comes to them I thank you Lord that your spirit is speaking to them I thank you that uh, laborers come over their path and touches their hearts I thank you for salvation for those people and that we can be part of that and I thank you Lord that I can pray for Christians that are in those areas that they will not be ashamed and that they can see those people and in a loving loving ways go and minister in supernatural ways and that those people will also um, be touched by you I thank you for protection I thank you for all those kind of things but thank you Lord that our lives does not consist consists not in how we are protected although we thank you for protection our life is not does not consist in that or it's not consist out of that our life does not consist out of how great our nation is but thank God Lord for a great nation if I think of South Africa what a beautiful place what an awesome place what a great nation what a lovely place to stay but thank you Lord that our life cannot consist out of how this place is preserved and thank you Lord as we focus on your goodness and your kindness this place is preserved anyway just because of the life that flows out of us thank you for that Lord in Jesus mighty name Amen and Amen because I want to thank you so much for watching this I trust this has uh, challenged you and uh, that it will bless you and I always say it like this if something has challenged you Go and speak to God about it. Go and speak to God about it. 
you know, sometimes we can be upset. We want to, yes, but this, yes, but just go and talk to God about it. That's all. Sometimes we get angry because there's something in our hearts that the Lord is addressing. Let the Lord speak and uh, let His power touch our lives. Glory to God. Well, thank you so much and um, God bless you.